Thanks for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. Uh, so we are in this series, obviously, about Christmas time, right? It's about baby Jesus. That's the big thing that always comes up this time of year, right? It's December. It's what we focus on. And, you know, I, I find the, the question that always sort of comes to mind, something we always think about is, you know, why did Jesus, why did Jesus come to earth? Why was he born as a baby in a manger? You know, why? The, the Christmas story, right, always get, uh, gets asked every year, going, okay, why? What about it? What else do we need to know? And, you know, so we, we can try and hit so many things. And, you know, there, there's a lot of answers to it, right? It's not just uh, that God was on a whim that he decided, ah, we'll do it as a baby and it's in a manger and it's this time. But there's, there's a lot of important things surrounding it and uh, prophecies that it fulfills. But I guess rather instead of asking that question tonight of, okay, why did Jesus come down as a baby born in a manger? I, I want to ask a question that I, I think everyone's asking myself, that you're all asking, why should I care? Like, why, why should I care that Jesus came down to earth as a baby in a manger? Like, why, why should I care? Like, what does that actually mean for me? Like, we get the Christmas story. Yep, I've heard it before. What does that actually mean for me? Like, how do I apply this to my life? What am I getting out of this? Because, you know, I think Christmas time can very much always feel like <clears throat> there's a lot of routine. Right? There's a lot of rituals, you know, things we just have to do at Christmas time, right? Christmas tree has to go up at a certain time. Come on, who's, who's got that? Like, I know it was like a big thing for us. We put our Christmas tree up a day earlier than when we normally do. And that was like moving heaven and earth for me. I was like, I'm not happy about it. <laughs> you know, you have to visit certain family. Family comes to stay. They've got to stay at your house. You have to buy certain gifts. At some point, you have to go to Queen's Park to look at the Christmas lights. At some point, you have to go to all the Christmas parties that all your friends and work and everyone's doing. You have to watch the Christmas movies. Home Alone 1, Home Alone 2. And that's it because the rest are terrible. Right? We've got these traditions. The list goes on that Christmas time, there are just things we feel we have to do, we have to go through. And you know, I'll, I'll, I'll say it, you know, Christmas in the church can sometimes feel the same. Hey, where it comes to Christmas time, and you're probably all going, well, of course the pastor has to talk about baby Jesus. It's Christmas time. You know, we have to talk about the baby that was born in the manger and the wise men and the star and all these different things every year, like clockwork, right? Of course, because it's Christmas. There's a reason we talk about it. But, you know, I want to tell you something is that, like, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Like, I haven't discovered anything new. Like, Jesus hasn't revealed anything particularly new as the secret to everyone. Like, there's no secret about Christmas, right? Really, the Christmas story is the Christmas story. Yeah, it's a baby born in a manger, Mary and Joseph, all those things, right? They're part of the Christmas story. And, you know, I I was thinking about it, man, if, if my goal was to entertain you with interesting facts and tidbits about the story of Christmas... It's like, man, I reckon I've probably got five more in me before I'd run out of things to say because it just is what it is. But going in, saying that, and sort of why I'm talking about this, because I want to preface the start of tonight a little bit more differently, is because you are probably sitting there going, I've heard the story of Christmas before. I've heard the messages about baby Jesus and the star and the angels and the wise men and the gifts. I've heard that before. You know, we have to believe that God has something new to say 
to us. I want you to believe that God has something new to say to you tonight. On the Bible, it says that the, the, the Word of God is alive and moving. It is not so much about the story we hear. It is not so much about the information that is presented to us, but are you prepared to hear something from God tonight? Are you prepared to have God reveal something new to you tonight? Because really, it all comes back to, and, and, and why you're sitting here tonight, what you're probably going to get out of tonight, what you might hear, whether you go, oh, is this another Christmas story? Yep, I get it, baby Jesus, all those facts. I think the difference that can sometimes change it for us is coming back to why do we gather? Why do we come to church? Why do we come here week in, week out? Why do we come every Christmas? We talk about these things. Now, is church just an interesting TED talk for you? You know, interesting facts, keep it to 20-ish minutes, you know, very engaging. Is it a tradition? Just like when we go to the lights at Queen's Park every year. Is it just a tradition that we do? You know, what, what you're expecting is what you will get. I want to tell you that. What you're expecting tonight is what you'll get. If you're expecting, oh, here comes another Christmas story. I know the plot. I've watched the movie before. Then that's probably all you'll get. But hey, if, if you want to take a second with me tonight to, to lean in a bit differently and go, you know what, God, I believe you are going to say something new to me. God, I believe you're going to reveal something about myself. You're going to reveal something about who you are. God, you're going to reveal something about my destiny. Then God, I'm, I'm leaning in. I'm all in. Because when we gather together, something special happens. I, I shared it to our morning services this morning. Uh, Hebrews 10.25, it says this. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another all the more since the day of the Lord is coming nearer. It's so important when we gather together that God does something. Now, this isn't just talking about, you know, we're getting together, a couple of us, we'll go to Subway. Great, like we're together. No, 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 if we look at the Amplified Version, it's the next one. I like how it specifies on it. Saying those not forsaking our meeting together as believers for worship and instruction. Right? So this is very much talking about, hey, do not neglect gathering as the church. Do not neglect coming together for a purpose, not for a TED Talk. Not for a traditional thing to tick off with the family, but no, we are here to be encouraged. Come on, church, when you come here, when we come together as the church, this local expression here as Highlands, we come together, we are here to be encouraged, to encounter Jesus, to be reminded of His goodness and faithfulness. Come on, to be spurred on and reminded that we're all on the same mission given to us by Jesus Christ Himself. This is our time to be reminded why we're here and who God is. So it can't just be a simple Christmas story. It can't just be a, oh, I've heard that. I know those verses. I've heard that preached before. God has something new to say to you because he wants to. Man, Jesus was sent from heaven to earth, born a baby in a manger for you. Why does it matter to me? Man, it does. It was a purpose that greatly impacts your life, brings freedom, strength, possibility, salvation, redemption, so much more. This isn't just a Christmas message. Right? I believe Jesus has something to reveal to you tonight. So I want to do something a little bit different. I, I would like us to take a second to pray before I keep going. Just going, maybe you've come in with a, a preconception again of the Christmas story and all these things and you start to switch off. But hey, let's take a second to, to come back to Jesus and go, God, reveal something new to me. Holy Spirit, speak to me. I'm listening. Can we do that, church? Can we take a moment to quickly pray? I don't normally do this. It's a little bit different. So God, I thank you so much that your spirit is alive and moving. God, take our minds off what we already know, the story we already know, the facts we already know, the, the verses from the Bible we already know. Direct our gaze towards you to hear what you were saying to us. 
Come on, this isn't a story where we already know these things, but God, what what we're about to hear, what you are going to share to us is a revelation of how much we need you. So God, we're listening, we're ready. Your name, amen. Amen. Awesome. I know, we're not very different. I don't don't know if we're like chucking a prayer in the the middle there, but I think it's important because it's the Christmas story. We get it. So when I think of the wonder, right, the wonder of the story of Christmas, you know, what what is it that's so wonderful? What is it that that brings out the wonder? Because, you know, when I think of it, it's not so much the miracles that floor me or make me want to grow closer to Jesus, right? I don't hear the story of, you know, the angel who revealed himself, oh my gosh, like that just makes me love Jesus more, right? It's not the fact that, you know, the wise men came and brought all these gifts and all, all the different things. When I think about the wonder of Christmas or, or the meaning of Christ coming down to us is that Jesus came to fix a misguided system. Is when Jesus came down from heaven to earth is He came to complete a task. He came to do so much for us. But the thing that has stood out to me is realizing that, hey, what Jesus came out to do was to fix a misguided system. Is people were living a certain way and He was like, hey, I am coming to redeem you and bring you back another way. Have a look at this in Luke 4. This is a moment when Jesus sort of describes why He is here. It says Luke 4. When He came to the village of Nazareth, His boyhood home, he went as usual, usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. Scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. We're going to look at a lot of Isaiah prophet tree tonight. Thank you. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released, the blind will see, the oppressed will be set free, and the time of the Lord's favour has come. That's great, isn't it? That this is Jesus explaining, hey, this is why I've come. That prophecy was about him. This is what I'm here to do. Now, that's a pretty, pretty great prophecy, isn't it? That's pretty awesome. And he goes, rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, sat down. All the eyes of the synagogue looked at him intently, began to speak and say, hey, what you've heard has been fulfilled this very day. Again, that's awesome. That's great. But interesting, uh, let's look at their response. It's the next, the next slide. When they heard this, they were furious. I don't know, was anyone else furious before when I said good news to the poor? You're like, oh, hate that. Was anyone like, oh, the blind will see? You're like, no, right? Pretty hard to get furious at that. They they were furious. Jumping up, they mobbed him and forced him to the edge of a hill. That's what they were trying to do. Jeez. Why is it that the religious leaders of the day were very much not pleased about what Jesus was saying, right? Well, the religious leaders, they were not all too pleased that what Jesus had to say about their misguided system, the way they were living, the way they were trying to find righteousness, the way they were trying to live their life. How is it that what Jesus said that offended them that much? Now, before we continue to slag on the Pharisees, because again, in this story, they're the bad guys, right? We're very good at going bad guys, good guys. But really, they, they were just following tradition. Right, the Pharisees were just following tradition, doing things the way they've always done it. Again, much like we watch the same, we don't watch past Home Alone 2. We avoid Grand Central the last week of Christmas, right? We, we have traditions as well that we follow. But the thing about tradition is that sometimes it can get misguided along the way, right? As we get stuck in doing it how we do it, doing it how we do it, we, we can get misguided along the way and miss the purpose, miss the point. See, because when Jesus came to say this, especially that part where he said, hey, what you've heard today has been fulfilled this very day. You know, that, that wasn't, it wasn't necessarily heretical to, to them. It wasn't a surprise 
to, to those people to hear someone say this because again, he was reading from the book of Isaiah, a prophecy about the Saviour to come. Right? They were all well aware that a Saviour was meant to come. They were all well aware that a Saviour was coming. It had been hinted at and prophesied really since the beginning. If you read in Genesis, the fall of Adam and Eve, there's a prophecy in there that is pointing to Jesus. Right? And not just that, this is the Old Testament that they had memorised. Right? The Pharisees, like, they knew their stuff. That they had to memorise all these different things. So again, the idea of a Saviour coming to liberate them was not news. It wasn't blasphemous, right? They were aware of it. But the picture that Jesus was painting about the kingdom of God, the way that he was telling people, hey, this is how you can live. Hey, this is the freedom you'll have. Hey, this is what I am bringing you. That is what shocked them. That is what made them want to suggest Jesus off a cliff. <laughs> Nicely, politely, of course. You know, this is the, the focus of my message tonight that I, I believe that God wants to reveal to us. And see, for them, the Pharisees or the people in those days before Jesus, so much of life centered around God, so much of, of following Him was man-focused, was strength in yourself. You know, I have to avoid sin. I have to do the right things. I must chase after being godly so I can enter heaven. You know, if I make a mistake, I'll, I'll go pay the, the sacrifice at the temple and I'm all good for now. Great. See, their eyes were fixed on following the rules, doing as good as they can. Again, it isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it wasn't God they were following. It was the rules they were following. It was, I need to do this myself, right? They were striving in their own effort. You know, we can see Jesus, again, talked about this a few times where he says, hey, to, to know the Father, you have to know me. He's saying, it is important to know who God is. You're not just following a, a sect of doing things, but it's only possible through knowing Him. Come on, the, the, these people, their, their hearts had hardened to hearing God, to knowing Him. And we see this where Jesus is constantly rebuking, again, the way they're living, the, the misguided system going, hey, I've got to pull you back this way because well, I am the Savior, right? I think they had forgotten this. The people had forgotten, I need a saviour. Because again, they knew the scriptures. They knew the promises. They knew that again, the saviour was coming. We need a saviour. We need a saviour. Yet the way they were living their life was, no, no, but I can do it. No, no, but I can get there on my own. See, a saviour was coming to save them, not reward them. That's not why Jesus was coming. Yet the way they were living was very much that of going, I need to get there. I need to do this on my own. And it turned into a, I can Manage this. As long as I do X, Y, and Z, I keep pushing forward. I can do this. So man, there is a reason that Jesus had to become the final, that final sacrifice. Why Jesus had to come from heaven to earth to be the, the one who steps in for all our sins, all our mistakes. Because only He is worthy. Because if we look at this, okay, I cannot overcome sin. Right? You cannot overcome sin. No one here in this room can. Why? Because I cannot conquer death. I cannot conquer death, but the wages of sin is death, right? That, that is the truth. That is the reality that we face. And then Jesus, that's why Jesus had to come as that sacrifice. And you know, so as a flawed person, no matter how hard I strive, how, how much we strive, we, we cannot do it. Again, Isaiah 53 verse 12. He poured out his life unto death, was numbered with the transgressors, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. 
And he's saying, I will step in for them. I will pay the price. I will bear the weight. I will do what only I can do. That is what the prophecy was for. And again, that is why Jesus had to come and, and, and was again, not just there to be the sacrifice, but going, hey, you're all trying this in your own strength. You're all trying this in your own mind, but I am saying, hey, come to me because you need a saviour. You need a saviour, not a rewarder, not someone to say, well, like pat on the back. But know that to, to see these things happen, you need a saviour. This is what Jesus was trying to help them understand that you're running after the wrong thing. They're striving in the wrong direction. And I mean, we get caught up in this all the time, don't we? But again, I want, I want to show you a few examples of Jesus trying to point this out and see if you can, see if you can pick it up with me. To so Matthew 6, there's a few of Matthew 6. Jesus says this, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. Tell you the truth, that is all the reward they'll ever get. But when you go, when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Right, further, when you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues. Just, but anyway, <laughs> that's hilarious. Call attention to your acts of charity. I tell you the truth, you have received all the reward they'll ever get, but when you give, uh, when you get to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Yeah, don't be surprised on this one. When you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them. But I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they'll ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice except your father who knows what you are doing in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Do you see the, 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 the direction Jesus is turning it back to? Because the problem isn't the striving, right? The problem isn't the striving here. You know, sometimes you can hear that attitude of like, you know, let go and let God. You know, Jesus takes the wheel. Like, hey, he's got it all. It's all good. Well, Jesus doesn't say don't pray. He didn't say don't fast. He didn't say don't give. But it's the, the redirect of who are you striving towards? What are, what are you striving towards? Are you striving towards appearing good? Are you striving towards doing the, the right things for that purpose? Or are you striving towards God? Because it's Him who will reward you. It's the Father. And if the Father only sees it, then He will reward you because you only need to please God. Come on, these external things can't be the focus, right? I've got to overcome this. I've got to be this. I've got to do this. I've got to try this. They can't, the, the, the sin breaking or the bad habit breaking, the, the trying to be this sort of person can't be the focus because it's impossible, We'll never reach it on our own. It's the, the carrot dangling with the stick of, above us. We'll never reach it because it's always just out of reach. We can't do it on our own. Why? Because well, that's what Jesus does. That's who Jesus is here for, to conquer sin, to conquer death. And so instead of trying to chase these things and chase this life, we've got to go, am I chasing Jesus? Am I chasing God? Am I following Him? Am I striving towards Him rather than striving towards doing the right thing, being the right person? It's a slight difference for me and it changes everything. The focus needs to be striving after God, not perfection. Because only through Jesus will you know the Father, will you find eternal salvation, man, will you find yourself. We're only made perfect in Christ. I love what it says in Ephesians 4.22, throw off your old sinful nature, your former way of life because it's corrupted by lust and deception. Again, that's the idea of you can try and do it yourself, but you can't. 
Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on this new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. That is the goal, to be like God. How does that happen? By chasing Him, by following Him. Not the rules, not the conceptions, the ideas. Because again, that's where the Pharisees had gotten. They were just following the rules, doing the things, and it had gotten muddled along the way, misguided along the way. So Jesus came down from heaven to earth to be that sacrifice, to pay the price for our sin, to pay the price for our transgressions, to give us an example of we can chase after you. Because he's got a plan for you, church. God has a plan for you. He loves you. Come on, and he wants to help you get to that place. And that's only through chasing him, not through chasing these other things. So I want to ask you, what have, what have you been chasing after? Have you been striving your own strength? So caught up into avoid things, being the right person, sort of doing these things, we're going along, and then we go, well, where's God? Oh, he's back there, or he's over there, or he's... But it's not where I was, because I was striving after the wrong things. And that's where I look at this, this, this story of Christmas, the, the story of Jesus being sent from heaven to earth, a baby in a manger, all these miraculous things around it, not being what you'd assume, not being what they assumed. And it's reminders, it reminds me, it reminds us. Man, that Christ came to be with us, came to be with you to help you overcome the forces of darkness. Come on, if you want to see your life changed, if you want to grow closer to God, if you want to overcome the things that you're finding come against you in your life to overcome the enemy, you've got to stop running after the things and you've got to start running after God. Start striving towards Him. Start running in His direction, saying, God, where do you want me to go? God, who do you want me to be? God, what do you want me to do? I am following you. Where you go, I will follow. The striving needs to be after God. Because again, this isn't a let go and let God preach at all. Because again, God, he, he very much says you've got to keep going. We can't just sit back and fold our hands and go, well, let's just see what happened. Jesus, take the wheel. No, no. Come on, there are daily choices that you still have to make, daily choices we have to still make when we choose to follow Jesus. When it says, light the path for my feet, not the whole road, but we see step by step following Him. Daily choices we have to make. Come on, He's not slowing down. He's not meandering. You might have to keep up pace to follow God, but man, where He is leading you, man, is so much greater. So much greater. Yeah, he didn't come to defeat free will. I think that's so important to remember. He still wants you to make the decisions. He still wants you to choose to follow him. But you've got to be intentional about it, church. We've got to be looking every day going, am I following God? Am I chasing him? Because where he's taking us, the promises he has for us, of it says in Romans, what then shall we say in response to these things? the things comes across our life, the things we face, the, the things Jesus even gives us. If God is for us, come on, who can be against us? Isn't that a much better guarantee than, oh, I've got to try my hardest? Isn't that a much better guarantee than like, oh, I'll do my best? Isn't that a much better guarantee than like, well, everyone else thinks I'm fine around? Oh, if God is for us, who can be against us? Come on, are you chasing God? Are you asking Him to reveal what you need to change inside of you? As you're following God, okay, I follow you. What does that look like, God? What areas might you need to start denying and saying Jesus first? What people might He be calling you to disciple? 
people to reach, people to bring the, the good news of the gospel, the light of Christ to. Maybe it's learning to hear His voice more clearer for the sake of knowing Him. Going, God, I want to know You more. Jesus, I need to know where You're leading me, so I need to know what Your voice sounds like. Is it experiencing how to pray more better? Uh, not better. That's, experience how to pray more powerfully to see His will done. Again, what is the focus? What is the reason? What is the reason for the season? It's got to be Jesus. It's got to be Him. Not a tradition, not a ritual, not a rule. The person of Jesus. Are you chasing Him? Are you following Him? From that little baby in a manger all the way through till He died on the cross, now ascends to heaven. Is that the Jesus you're following? So you can know Him, so you can be more like Him. Are you asking Him to reveal the plans He has to you? The plans He has for you. Come on, have you stopped and asked Him, saying, Jesus, who do you want me to be? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Because I will follow you. Now, it might not be how you expect. right? Sometimes Jesus tells us to do things or He tells us to go in a direction we wouldn't assume. And we've got to take that step of faith. But we know that's what he does because we already got that by the saviour of the world being born a baby in a manger. That's not what we thought would happen. That's not how they thought it would take place. They thought he was going to come in riding on a horse and cut everyone down with swords and stuff. But thank goodness Mary and Joseph didn't go, oh, this isn't what we thought. That can't be. No, this isn't what we thought and we better not do it. Your will be done. On Jesus, your will be done. Come on, are we going to follow him? Are we going to respond to his message? Are you going to respond to his call for your life? For what he's saying to you? I'll end on this, his call. Matthew 11. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy my burden is light. God, what is your response? The, yes, Jesus, I'll follow that. Yes, Jesus, I'll follow you. Maybe I've been striving in my own direction for some time. Maybe I've been focusing more on the effort and not actually asking your Holy Spirit to give me strength or courage or boldness or, or even going, actually, what is your plan here, God? Because it's, it's real great when our plan and God's plan lines up. Like, this is awesome. Man, when it comes that point when all of a sudden God's plan veers off and we've got to choose... Do I keep doing this or do I follow him? Come on, this is where we go. We know what is attached to his promise. We know what is attached to striving after him. God is for me. What can stand against me? I'll give you rest. I'm gentle and humble in heart. My yoke is easy. Burden is light. Come on, he is calling you, church. He's calling us today. So come on, let's take a moment to respond to him. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that, Lord, you are calling us calling us towards you, Jesus, not towards doing the, the right things, not towards appearing the right way, but Lord, to following you because you have a plan for us. You've had a plan for us before we were born, before we were even an idea here on earth. You knew us. Lord, you know us, Lord. You know our souls. So God, I pray that Lord, for people that have been striving in their own strength, Lord, just like maybe like the Pharisees a bit, we're just stuck in uh, tradition, stuck in ritual. God, I pray that you can help us break it. 
Oh God, and we go, where are you taking us, Jesus, to follow you, the person? To follow you, the person, Jesus. God, help us to strive after you, to be more like you, to spend time with you, to, to, to ask you to lean closer to your voice. Lean out of our habits, lean out of our usual things and go, Jesus, what do you want me to do? Jesus, where do you want me to go? Jesus, who do you want me to be? I thank you, God, you are calling us, that you are inviting us. You're not distant, you're not far off, you're not yelling commands, but you're saying, let me walk with you. Come and follow me. Come and follow me. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what it meant for you to come down from heaven to earth to be our saviour, to be that example for us, to be victorious over sin and death. Only things you can do. To God, right now, we, we look to ourselves and go, I will follow you, Jesus. I will follow you. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.au on Facebook or Instagram or head to the highlandschurch.org.au website for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Message Podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.